what I have noticed is that organizations are accepting the fact that it will not go back to the way it used to be 100%, despite them trying to bring as many employees back. Uh, I think that uh, many employees have already gotten that sweet taste of working from home and for many people that works for them and they prefer to stay that way. Hey everyone, it's Matt here for another episode of Thinking Inside the Box, the show where each week we tackle the most complex issues related to work and culture. If you're interested in checking out our other content, you can find us at bentohr.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. In this week's episode, we chat with Benjamin Comstock. Now, Ben and I have been friends for a couple of years. We actually originally met, of all places, in Copenhagen, Denmark, where we were both attending a conference. I was speaking, and Ben was attending on behalf of his organization. And in amongst all the chaos, we found time to connect in the hotel lobby and The chat was brief, but super impactful because we've stayed in touch ever since. And really our bond centers around a few key pieces that we have in common. First, that we both believe that workplaces can be so much better and that technology can be a solution to realize that. And secondly, we believe in living our purposes. Uh, Ben is a citizen of the world in the truest sense of the form. And his story is one of the most unique that I've heard. And over the course of the 45 minutes of this conversation, we get into that. His background, his experiences, what ultimately led him to living in, of all places, Spain. And we talk a bit about his path through entrepreneurship, which, like a lot of us, has been dips and dunks along the way. We talk about the alignment of his business and his life, which is a topic that has never been more important than it is today, and ultimately his thoughts on the future. Ben and I always seem to have very epic conversations, and this one was no different, and I hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, Ben Comstock. Ben Comstock, how are you doing today, sir? Hey, Matt. I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. It's, uh, it's an interesting time. And uh, as I was saying to you off air, we always have great conversations and it goes as far back as Copenhagen, Denmark. And I'm sure we'll get to that story at some point over the course of the next you know, 40 minutes or so. But um, for those who don't know Ben Comstock and your story, maybe enlighten us a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so I... I was born in Bombay, India. I was an orphan. Uh, when I was one year old, I was adopted by an American family. And the family lived in, oh, we lived in Iowa at the time. And that's actually where I did grow up and finish high school. I then moved to North Carolina to study uh, at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte. And shortly after that, I decided I had always wanted to live in Europe and learn a new language. So I quit my job, packed two suitcases, bought a one-way plane ticket to Madrid. I arrived not knowing the language or anyone there, um, but I wanted to go on this adventure. I knew I didn't want to stay in the big cities. So I went straight to the bus station. I saw the screen with all the destinations. I saw Granada. I remember reading that in a book somewhere. I asked the guy to my right, hey, is Granada in the south where the sun shines? He said, see. So I hopped a one-way bus ride down to Granada, fell in love with it, stayed there for almost eight years, and uh, then decided to start a company called Office Accord. It's an employee experience platform. 
And that took me back to the States where we had our launch a few years after that. Uh, I decided to move back to Spain uh, where I have half of the team in Barcelona and the others are uh, in Salem, Oregon. So kind of jump in three continents is the story of my life. (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's quite a story, my friend. I mean, you you know, you talk about the story about you being in the bus stop and picking a location. I'm just curious, have you always been somebody who's been that adventurous and that open to taking risks? I would say I've been the person who's probably not shy of naivete. So I guess where some people call it courage, I probably would call it just being very naive. But at the same time, I guess, yeah, I, I do like adventures. I think that uh, the things in life that scare us are the things we should sometimes move closer towards. Uh, I did not know the language when I arrived in Spain. I didn't know anyone. So yeah, that might've been scary to a lot of people, but for me, it was an opportunity to see what I'm made of. And what did you find out? I mean, it sounds like you get a personal transformation. Yeah, I definitely found out that I, I think the simplicity of life when I first arrived. Um, so I didn't have a job. So it wasn't like I was living extravagantly. Uh, that experience, I think, has given me the opportunity to see how little I can live on and still be happy. And if I remember back to that time, I just remember those first few months being an amazing experience. I was in a new place. If uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Granada. I have not been to Granada. No. All right. Well, I, ha- I highly suggest it. Of course, I'm biased, but I do believe it's the most beautiful city in Spain. But it has this uh, massive fortress called the Alhambra there with the palace. Uh, and it's just breathtaking. So, those that have been there probably understand why it took my breath away and made me want to stay there for a while. I never would have guessed I would be there for eight years, but it was definitely the experience of my life. And I'd say that that, again, going back to that concept of, uh, of, of living kind of a more simple life than what I was living in the United States, just really taught me that like, what matters to me. And that kind of led into the philosophy that sparked this idea for Office Accord. I've always I value more human connections than I do things. And that is the impetus to design a platform where employees of the same company can come together and create those human connections and meet and and connect in meaningful ways. So I would say that my experience in Granada was the experience led to definitely what I do now and and dedicate my life to. And it's interesting because you know, Office Accord is a technology platform and it's meant to, in a lot of ways, bridge people together who can't physically be in the same space. And at the same time, you've pursued with such passion the experiential journey, if you will. And I'm curious, how have your journeys specifically informed the technology? Yeah, Uh, The best way I can explain that is just explaining the origin of Office Accord. So I got this idea when I was working at my last employer in Granada. It was this massive company. We were over a thousand people in one office building. And at the time, morale was low. There was a huge turnover of employees. And when I would ask these employees who were about to leave the company, hey, what are you going to miss the most about working here? every single one of them had the same answer. 
it wasn't the food in the break room. It wasn't the cool lounge chairs or the ping pong tables. It was the, the people. And that was impactful because it made me think, well, if we can create better and stronger bonds between colleagues, how could that impact performance and retention, which at the end of the day affects the company's bottom line? And that is really where my experience from being in an organization like that led me to the creation of this product that I, I now sell to uh, universities and, and, and companies alike. You know, when we first met, and for those who haven't heard our story before, you and I connected in Copenhagen, Denmark. Um, I was speaking at an HR tech conference in another beautiful city around the world. And I was instantly drawn to your passion for what you did. And, you know, you have this really strong drive to connect people together and to bring people all under the same roof, if you will. And if they can't do so in a physical context, to do so digitally. I'm curious where that comes from. I have always been a people person. My, uh, so I was adopted, as I mentioned, and my parents are the nicest, kindest people you'll ever meet. Um, but my mom would admit she's not the most outgoing person. And she said that ever since I was a little three-year-old, I, the doorbell would ring and I'd run up to it and talk to whoever it was that was standing at the door. And she'd always look at my father and say, I don't know where he got that from, but it's not from us. And so I think that just innately, I've always been somebody who loves to meet new people, connect with them, see where there might be some points of overlap worth exploring further. And my grandfather told me once that you, nobody's useless. They can always teach you a lesson, whether that's good or bad. And so I think my interest in connecting with people has definitely played a massive role in, in this product that I ended up uh, pursuing to, to build with my co-founder, Michael. And as you mentioned earlier, it's a product that's found itself in a lot of universities around the world. And some of the bigger names, you, you count a number of traditional Ivy League schools among your clients. Um, tell me a bit about that experience. And why do you think the tool is such a great fit for that university type client? Yeah, that's a great question. I'll be honest with you. I never would have guessed that it would be that universities would have uh, latched onto this idea so quickly. However, when you think deeper into the concept of community, universities already have that innately built into their, to, to who they are, right? Or we are all Tar Heels or we're all 49ers or we're all ducks, et cetera. So uh, and of course, I'm referring mainly to the universities in the United States that um, have that real school spirit and pride. So the community is already there. What they needed was a digital place to bring that community together. And that's where Office Accord comes in is to help bridge that gap. Which is makes sense because this is a generation and you know students obviously have a greater degree of comfort and attachment to technology as a mechanism of staying connected. Uh, you mentioned as well that your organization is a global organization, that you have a team that's based in Barcelona, but it's not only based in Barcelona. Um, I'm curious how you guys practice what you preach in terms of keeping your own team connected. Yeah, well, we are a smaller organization, so we're not yet uh, as big enough to where communication is, has hit a roadblock. The nice things that we do do is we do like to have meetings together as a team. We are all virtual, so we, everyone that we work with, I think really believes and understands the, the mission 
to help organizations create a great place to work. And they also recognize the need to be dependable for their colleagues. And so the way that we're bringing each other together, I think is just really in our, in, in our calls We're again, we're not, uh, we're not yet big enough to go do the, you know, fly off to Hawaii together, but uh, hopefully that day will come, but the, uh, everyone does know who, who the other person is in the, in the team. And we even use our own product within our team to use as that platform for everyone to get to know each other, uh, see what interests they have and how they can connect with each other, despite it being very, very remote across, across the world even. Now, Ben, if you're like a lot of tech founders that I know, the, uh, the product that you have today probably looks a lot different than where it started from. <laughs> that over the course of time, you've evolved it and tweaked it. And the fact that your organization uses it in terms of its own internal practices, I'm sure has been the catalyst for a lot of tweaks and innovations over time. I'm curious, as you think back on the evolution of your product roadmap, what are one or two of the you know changes or enhancements that you've made on the strength of your internal employee feedback and how they've actually been using the tool? Yeah. Uh, to, to be honest with you, actually, where the real value has come from using the tool internally has actually been to find a lot of bugs. So um, us just being able to release a new enhancement, if there's still some little bugs there, we're really quick to finding it because we're using the product ourselves. So that's one really huge advantage. Hey everyone, it's Matt here. I hope you're enjoying the show. Before we continue, I wanted to give a quick shout out to one of our sponsors, Benji. The future of work is today. And Matt Parsons and the team at Benji have figured out a really cool hands-on learning solution that you need to be considering as you transition your organizational learning and team building and engagement online. Now, I spend several hours a day myself on video platforms. So whether it's Zoom or Skype or GoToMeeting, they're great. They allow me to interact with people and see them in all parts of the world. Though if you're like me, once those calls go on a bit too long, I start to get a little bit distracted. And it's not too long before I'm reaching for my smartphone or opening up another tab on my laptop. That doesn't happen with Benji. They have a catalog of interactive team exercises that makes it really easy for organizations and individual consultants to develop engaging solutions at any scale. And I'll be honest, I've been so impressed with the tool myself that we're actually looking at using Benji to power our virtual workshops with client-facing products. So I'm actually working right now with Matt one-on-one to develop a journey mapping exercise so we can take clients through the employee experience and illuminate thousands of dollars and hours of inefficiencies that organizations tend to have in their onboarding and hiring processes. It's a great tool. And Because you are a listener of the Thinking Inside the Box podcast, you're going to get a special benefit as well. I've talked to Matt. He wants to give as many people as possible access to this tool so they can make online learning more engaging. And you can do so as well by using the discount code BENTO20. So if you log on to the Benji website, which is mybenji.com, and you're as impressed with the solution as I am, then enter the code in BENJI20 and you'll receive 20% off your purchase. And with that being said, we'll return back to regular programming. When it comes to features, 
one of the features that I know we really have thought about was what was this concept of interests. So our tool at the beginning, when, when an employee signs into the tool, that it's going to get to know you. It's going to ask you a series of just a few questions so that it can start curating content based on your social profile, helping you helping to find people who will be most interested in the things that you that you might be interested in. Because I think that uh, when you join an organization, it's great that you work with 400 people, but I'm not interested in learning meeting every single person and I'm not going to, it's not plausible to think I'm going to become best friends with all of them, but you know, I love to skateboard. Well, are there any other skateboarders in this place? Or I love to go play golf, same thing. And so this concept of interest actually came out of one of our own use of the tool uh, as well. And what about your clients? It's, you know, you have a group of people that, you know, stretches around the globe that you work with and you've had relationships that have gone on many, many years. You know, what's been the role of client feedback in evolving the product? Yeah. Client feedback is the number one. So that's being able to have an open dialogue with these, the, the clients we work with. And I feel very blessed to have a one-on-one personal relationship with all of our clients. That has given us a huge advantage in building a tool that fits the needs of their current environment. So as an example, most recently with COVID, we decided to, uh, some of the more presential features of our tool that would bring people together in a physical space, obviously, uh, as of last year, we're no longer useful. But what we did learn is how, where organizations are struggling and and maintaining that culture and community. And one of the ideas, or two of the ideas, excuse me, was a uh, virtual break room. So a place where at any time, if you are done with your conference calls, you're going to have a coffee, you can just jump into this virtual break room where anyone that's there can just have a quick chat. So it's kind of replicating that in the, the office break room, but in a virtual space. Uh, and then the second thing that we also discovered was the woes that organizations have with remote onboarding. So now that you're not sitting in a room with the other people who started in that organization, how can we mirror that in a digital space? And that was something that came out of our clients, uh, our client feedback review meetings where they said, hey, we have never had to do this in remote onboarding. Now we do, and we realize that we don't have the technology for it. So our mission is to help organizations create a great employee experience. We believe that starts even before day one. If you can give somebody access to an app that has everything they need to know about what, uh, what's expected of them, what's going to be those first few tasks that they need to complete, here's a directory of all your colleagues. You can filter by interest. You can start getting to know people who, who have the same kind of interests and, and ideas as you. I think that all of that has been, been client-driven and given us a really good way for, to build the product in a way that is going to be useful for the, the, the clients we work with. And as you think about those challenges going forward, I think we both can agree that we're going to, we're going to now live in a world where those expectations only increase over time. You know, I still talk to organizations that have this false sense of belief that we're going to go back to some replicated history that we once had. Um, I think the idea of virtual onboarding is here to stay. I think the idea of having virtual break rooms is here to stay. We're going to move to a space where organizational cultures become hybrid 
where we blend the physical and the digital, and we need to create experiences for our colleagues and our teams and our customers that seamlessly transition back and forth between the two. And, you know, it's tools like what you've built that allow us to do that and to create a proxy, if you will, for those types of connections. I'm curious, as you look into the future, Ben, what do you see the future looking like in terms of either your clients, Office Accord, you know, the, the future of work, if you will, you, you know, pull out your crystal ball. What are you seeing in terms of the next 12 months? Yeah, well, the next 12 months, I definitely see the need for more of that hybrid approach that you mentioned. So uh, being able to tailor to the more remote employees people will start coming back to the offices. In fact, some of the large organizations that uh, we're working with because of the fact that they have a lease on these buildings, they have a lot of workers that have been put out of work because these employees are are no longer present. Uh, getting back to a, a physical workspace is actually really important to them. So I, in my crystal ball, I wish it was clear. Uh, to me, it's still a little unclear because uh, of the ec- the efficacy of this vaccine. We'll see how that plays itself out. But what I have noticed is that organizations are accepting the fact that it will not go back to the way it used to be 100%, despite them trying to bring as many employees back. Uh, I think that uh, many employees have already gotten that sweet taste of working from home and for many people that works for them and they prefer to stay that way. So a tool like Office Accord was built to help bridge that gap for those that still want to be remote, but also still want to feel connected to the organization. Where I see this going in a much further context, I definitely think that the digital will become more virtual reality. Uh, I know that you're working uh, as well, Matt, in, in this concept of potentially virtual reality onboarding or meetings, things like that. Uh, one of our companies, uh, client or companies that we're speaking to at the moment, they also work in the same or similar space. So I definitely think there's going to be a real big push for virtual reality or in being involved in the HR process. And so I'm keeping a very close eye on the the pulse or excuse me, keeping my, keeping my hand on the pulse of that concept to see where and if and how that could be potentially integrated into Office Accord when the time is right. Yeah, I think it's I think it's inevitable to be honest. I think it was inevitable before um, the pandemic, but I think the pandemic accelerated it. It's you know w- whether you're talking about collaboration tools or Zoom or uh, you know email, phone, instant messaging, they are inherently two-dimensional communication tools, which have their purpose. And they certainly are an an important component of a broader communications portfolio. And for a lot of organizations, a lot of their communications currency was traded in person because that added a degree of the third dimension. You know, I think about then those proverbial water cooler chats. I think about the hallway conversations, the meetings before the meetings, the meetings after the meetings, the drinks on Friday afternoon, the standing in the coffee line, I think about how many decisions that I made, how many relationships that I built, how much influence that I had to wield in those more informal contexts. And I look back and go, I don't know if I could have been as successful if I had to do all of that with a two-dimensional linear communications tool. And because of that, I ask myself, well, if we, if we are in a world now where hybrid is the norm, And if we have a world now where it no longer becomes the default that people go into an office, 
either we're going to have to exceptionally increase our ability to be more productive and more thoughtful and methodical with those two-dimensional communication tools, which I think will occur, or we have to pair them with complementary technologies that allow us to really leverage the conversations that require a greater degree of intimacy. And, you know, I'm, as you know, Ben, I'm an HR professional by trade. And, you know, most of my experience was in transformational projects and transformational initiatives. But when I take a step back, and I think 2020 for me, like a lot of people, was a challenging year. Um, And obviously, our business had to go through a pretty significant shift as well. One of those shifts was a move into immersive technology, including virtual reality. And that culminated with the Global HR Summit in September of 2020, where we brought together close to 1,000 people, 300 of them in virtual reality, 60 speakers in virtual reality. And I, I, at the time, didn't say this, but I've been saying it a lot since, which was, it was an opportunity for us to do a couple things. One, it was an opportunity for us to have a focus group, essentially, and to bring together hundreds of business executives under the same virtual roof and to learn how they interact with each other, to learn how they coexist in the same virtual space, to learn where the tool could have application. And when I take a step back, whether it's performance management or recruitment or training, they're really all communication tools. They're really all exercises in communication. You're transferring knowledge. You're you're building relationships. It's communication at its core. And virtual reality is a tool that can be used to augment communication activities. So as we go forward, I, I think there's a place where when we help organizations identify the conversations that they believe require a greater degree of intimacy, virtual reality will be a preferable solution. Not a solution for all of all of the opportunities, but for the ones where intimacy is necessary. Absolutely. Well, and Matt, you really nailed it there because if you talk to any millennial or generation Z who are the future of work, they don't go to work like my grandfather uh, and his generation went to work. They don't go to work just to cut a paycheck at the end of the month. They go to work to feel part of the community, whether that's going to be presential or virtual. I think you're going to find a lot of interest in that space uh, uh, and that opportunity to, to help those people who will be those young generations who will be the leaders of, the, of tomorrow feel that connection to their organization. Uh, I think a great ex- now, there's many examples of, uh, of organizations who have really spent a lot of effort in, in, hand, uh, in creating those great places to work. All of those winners of those are, are really focused on the people because they believe the people are the ones who are going to end up generating their 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 brand their, their brand their their profitability etc. So I don't think that there's any any doubt in my mind that we're going to have to move that direction. Just like you mentioned earlier as well. Yeah, and I think it's you're right. It's their extension of brand ambassadors. Um, it's an extension of profitability. At the end of the day, there's a reason why we all came together in an office setting. There's significant advantages to human beings collaborating in the same space. And when you move to a world where at least a portion of your workforce will be remote or at least intermittently remote, if you're hoping to realize the same production or the same performance of those individuals and their aggregate, you're going to have to think through how you use digital communication tools. So it doesn't surprise me to hear that your organization has had a ton of success in this new landscape. I think it will continue to have a ton of success. And I'm, I'm 
equally um, bullish on the idea of virtual reality being a component to those broader strategies, because when you want to find the, when you want to solve for geographic dispersion and cost and scalability and a tool that creates a greater degree of intimacy, it's virtual reality today. That, that is the, that, that is the tool. And um, that to me, when I think about the broader economics around it, I think about the, the falling price of hardware, which are now in a lot of jurisdictions, you can get a VR for a couple hundred dollars. It's, it gives you the opportunity to really use the tool in a more intentional way. I'll be honest with our organization. We've used it now for team meetings. We use it in our sales process. Um, we've begun using it with clients. Um, it becomes a very interesting tool when we want to create a differentiated experience when most of our um, competition, most of our you know colleagues in the space are still relying upon digital communications using Zoom and you know other types of vehicles. We can provide a differentiated experience, introduce a prospective client into a completely new technology paradigm. And at the same time, really build that relationship, which is where I think we, we kind of come full circle in our conversation. You know, when we want to build relationships and you want to build, you know, deep trusting relationships, you do so through longevity, you do so through trust, and you also do, th- do so through intimacy. And that intimacy takes the shape in many different forms. And one of those um, forms is by coming together and having a shared experience that ultimately propels the relationship forward. Absolutely. Could not agree with you more on that. The experience I had going back to that, the birth of Office Accord, when I was standing in, a, in my break room of my old employer, overhearing the conversations that were going on, one group over here was talking about a weekend uh, snow trip up, excuse me, a ski trip in the mountains. Another group was talking about a bike that one of them was trying to sell. Another group was talking about parenting issues. And I thought to myself, these are the true connections that should be available to everybody, not just whoever has serendipitously walked into this break room at the right time. What if we could create those meaningful human connections in a digital space so that everybody can participate and uh, you know, give their say, give advice, ask questions. Uh, and so the platform that we developed was, was really based on that concept of creating that intimacy. Uh, and I think that creating that intimacy also kind of re- requires us to go a little bit further than just uh, hey, here's a here's a company directory. You know, find people that matter. I think we need to go a step above that and kind of, uh, I guess, I would say, lazy proof it a little bit so that we can be the tool can proactively curate content based on again that social profile that you've provided, so that you can get to know the people that would be most likely to you'd be most likely to, to connect with because the more we connect the happier we are the better we work and the longer we stay right good to hear with you more ben and i'm curious you know you and i built a relationship a friendship over the last couple of years and i've been keeping tabs on what you've been doing over the course of the last little while and um, checking in on what's going on in spain you know what's the next year look like for you i mean how are you gonna move forward in the, these trying times and i'm just curious what's on your roadmap yeah well i can tell you that we are doing this COVID since we did a pivot at the end of last year to really focus on these 
new ideas from our clients to help them tackle this remote employee experience. I feel like we've been, uh, we have a really great road ahead of us. We have a lot of new clients coming on board. Uh, Some are already coming on board now. Others will be coming on board a little later. And so I have a lot of new work in the pipeline. Uh, We expect to grow uh, this year quite a bit due to these new enhancements that we've made. So I I have to be honest, I'm pretty excited for the year ahead. Uh, it's going to require some some new hires and, and building out our team a little bit more in the areas that we uh, will make us the most successful. But uh, I, I think that we really hit our uh, the, the tough spot last year was was when we really had to uh, have that gut check, which I, and kind of converted itself into uh, into an opportunity finder. Well, and isn't that the definition of entrepreneurship, right? Like, yeah. you know, it, it's one one obstacle after another, and the opportunity to keep pushing forward or to make a decision to do something different is early at the core of it. And you know, I have every faith that you and your organization will keep pushing forward because I think it's the right solution at the right time. And I think that just, you know, your approach and, you know, we've, we've shared them over the course of the last 40 minutes, your approach to the world and how you approach your life and your business and your career sets you up for success in a way that others may be afraid to take that leap or afraid to keep pushing forward or, tie up too much of their self-worth um, and ego into their career. And, you know, I, somebody who I've come to respect and appreciate is having a broader balance and looks at the world within a broader lens. You know, I'm super excited to see what happens for you and for Office Accord uh, in the coming months and years. Well, hey, Matt, thanks a lot. I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to uh, to stay in contact with you. And, and I hope this uh, podcast might help inspire some of your listeners to dedicate themselves to something they're passionate about and uh, wish them the best of luck and, and you as well. Well, thank you so much, sir. And I'm looking forward to talking again real soon. All right. Thanks, Matt. Have a good one. At Bento HR, we enable your HR strategy with custom HR technology procurement, implementations, and integrations to liberate your team from administration, enhance their productivity and experience, to position them at the center of your organization's transformation, where they belong. With experience as an HR executive myself, I have a real appreciation of the challenges facing today's HR leaders. The world is changing. Your industry is being disrupted. Your organization is transforming. And all the while, you're trying to do more with less. You're being asked to simultaneously model fiscal restraint while the expectations of your departments are only increasing. At Bento HR, we can support you at every stage of your transformation, from architecting the strategy to developing and selling the business case internally. We support procurement, implementations, and ongoing sustainment. And we tie it all together with a deep knowledge of the HR profession and over six decades of combined experiences from our founding team who has worked in or supported large HR organizations across multiple industries, including, but not limited to, financial services, technology, retail, transportation, and healthcare. Check out Bento HR today to build your very own Bento box, which doubles as your business case for transformation. Leveraging recent research into the upside of digital automation inside organizations, 
And with your help in answering a few simple questions related to your organization, our Bento Builder will provide a directional business case for change. So log on to www.bentohr.com and build your Bento Box today.